Well, well, well. I must say, listener, it is quite brave of you to tune into another episode of the radio show, which AM Radio Monthly said would scare its entire audience to death by episode 3. The show which FM Radio Weekly said would tank with the removal of its host. 300 episodes and we're still here. I'm still here. From dishonorable discharge from the U.S. Navy to this hominid in charge and bringing home the gravy. From the guy everybody hated to the guy in charge of everybody. It's been one darn hecking son of a Biddeford getting here, but you know, sometimes the shortest path between two points is a slanted line. Slanted hallway. Now hold on, Mr. Narrator. Before we move on, I think there's something you're forgetting. You know, with the winter fast upon us, many of our listeners may soon be suffering from a cold. A clogged nose and a scratchy throat will scare off anyone, and the effects of them can really ruin your day. Whenever I suffer from seasonal sickness, I turn to the one thing guaranteed to suppress my symptoms. Dr. Liebman's Powdered Lozenges. Just add a quart of water and watch as the fine powder congeals into a thick paste, and then let's set overnight to harden. Within four hours of consumption, your sickness will be a thing of the past. Dr. Liebman's Powdered Lozenges, the throat coat with my vote. Hold on, hold on. In tonight's tale, it's either about baseball. No, that'd be no good. No good at all. Ah, here. In tonight's tale of dread, a Wiccan priest is awoken from a nearly 300-year slumber and seeks vengeance on the town which betrayed her so long ago. Unfortunately for the residents of Pickpack, Rhode Island, this Wiccan isn't here to just assemble dream catchers for the Mother's Day Crafts Fair. She's come for blood, human blood, from the living, and more than enough to kill. Oh jeez, that's even got me going. Hummingbirds are just shy of their first victory over the Milwaukee Kurds. The Hummingbirds lead three to zip. Star pitcher Leroy Notos Monroe retakes the mound, hoping to put the finishing touches on what has been a perfect game in this the bottom of the ninth. If he can get past this next few batters, this will be one legendary opening day at Lakeside Park. All right, the signal's been given. Monroe nods. By the determined look on his face, it seems almost inevitable that the hummingbirds will soon be drinking the sweet nectar of victory. 
The ball goes out fast, wide left. But what's this? Leroy's arms come flying off his body. The center fielder's got the arm now. He tosses it into the stands. Leroy's signaling to the dugout. The coach seems confused. Leroy is now removing two large flags from his back pocket and has begun to signal in semaphore. E, wait, no, I, I-N, injured. Looks like he's injured. No, no, the coach doesn't like that. He signaled to keep on pitching. Leroy says, I, C, A, N. Looks like he's going to finish the game after all, T, oh no. The coach has thrown him another ball. It's hit Leroy in the face. My God, is that a bloody nose or did someone spill a can of paint? Leroy's sticky palm Monroe has begun grasping at his chest, an unusual maneuver for a pitch. He's fallen to one knee. Perhaps there's a lucky gal in the stands. Nope, there's the other knee down and he's flat out. The coach has come out to the mound. He's checking his pulse. The signal's been given to the catcher and out come the clown paramedics. They've got a gurney ready and they've treaded over Leroy's slick soul Monroe. His screams of agony can be heard all the way up here in the announcer's booth. He's on the gurney. Oh, the humanity. It seems the poles were never attached, leaving him lying disgracefully on the mound as the paramedics trot away. They're circling around now. There's first, second, third. It's a home run. But at what cost? They've noticed their mistake now. They're going back for him. And they've decided to roll him out of the stadium. Truly an exceptional play for this, the bottom of the ninth on opening day. All right, so Monroe's out. So we have nobody to pitch the ball. So maybe we should think about getting one of the other guys that does that. Think that'd be a good idea? Get somebody else to pitch the ball? If you say so, coach. Thing is, Bud Plop Plop Fizz Fizz Spifford took the day off for his birthday celebration. Oh, did he? I was just looking for him earlier so I could give him this card. Ah, well, get Carl Whistle-Lung Friedman on it. But fortunately, he called out sick today. Yikes. Well, it is just one inning and we're up three. Maybe get Danny Droopface Dibbles on it. He's out sick today as well. Seriously? Unfortunately, yes. Actually, all the relief pitchers are out sick today. If I were to guess, sir, the pitchers all called out to celebrate Spifford's birthday with him? Yeah, I'm sure glad I got the invite. Well, sir, they're probably just close to each other as fellow pitchers. <sighs> I guess so. Well, just throw a fielder up there then. Get Jimbo one-armed Tripoli on it. Called out sick! Same as Skip Can't Read Skyler. Hank Hungry Hands Bernard. And Jerry, remember that one time, Anders. Damn, damn, damn. They're all going out together for Spifford's birthday. So who should we put on the mound? Must be some party. We're getting word now that Monroe's ambulance collided with a school bus full of matchsticks. Don't worry, though. They're sending out a second ambulance. Oh, pardon me. Yes, yes. I'm getting word now a sandpaper truck has arrived at the scene setting off all the matches. Not to worry, I'm sure the other ambulance made it in time. Oh, pardon me, I'm getting word now that it didn't. But Monroe is doing well. Pardon me, that was a typo. It was supposed to read Monroe dead at 28. You hate to see that. Now it appears that the little girl who sang the national anthem is retaking the mound. I'm sure we could all use a good rendition of Amazing Grace in honor of that fallen hero. 
Wait a moment. That foxy little number has got a number on her back. Why, she's in uniform. No, no, it must be a player. 147, Mac McClostoy. McCluskey, why, 147. That reminds me of my time in the war. 147th Infantry, Iwo Jima. Hold on, what's this? My vision is narrowing. Darkness creeping in all around. All right, Joey. Major League Baseball, just like you've always dreamed of. Don't get nervous. It's just Little League with bigger kids. You've been training. You are totally mentally and physically prepared for this. I am there again. The hotties Pacific Sun beating down on my helmet, sweat pooling in my undershirt. We aren't the first men in, I'm thinking. They're the real heroes. We're just going to occupy the beach. But oh, what's this? The Marines have failed to establish a beachhead. We are in for the fight of our lives. All right, this is it. Do or die. Do or die. Don't listen to the crowd. It's just you, the ball, and the catcher. Hear those zeros fly. Forward, says the lieutenant, and forward we march. The tide is low, and the beach is like quicksand. Thud after thud, I pull myself closer to my brother, waiting for me just beyond the tree line. I know he's there. I'm certain of it. A new development on the field. The beach is not so deep as we had thought. Slopes taller than I've ever seen line the beach. The Japs have dug in heavily, and there it is. The shelling has begun. My ears are ringing now. I wander in circles, just trying to regain my bearings. A sergeant screams in my face, but all I can hear is that horrible ringing and my heart beating faster than ever before. Marines walking upright, crumpled, fell, like origami cranes at the whim of an unrelenting garden hose. There's the thumbs up. Fastball, I got this. Just breathe. This is your moment. This is your moment. Here it goes. And would you look at that? Landmines, landmines everywhere. The devilish imperialists have countered our every move, and the chrysanthemum throne rises in my vision. The white sand stained like the cheeks of a kabuki dancer in patriotic red, white, and blue. But where is my brother? I gain a newfound strength in remembering the promise I made to my mother as she lied for me at the draft board. I'll keep Kilroy safe, I said. What a fool I was, thinking that any man or god could save anyone from the all-consuming maw of the killing machine that is the very idea of war. As the sun is blotted out by the burning jungle, the fire of the flamethrowers destroys their fellow man to secure a few feet of soil. I wonder out loud, how could God let this pass? How could this God keep my brother safe? And McCluskey with the windup, the pitch, he forgets to let go of the ball and has lobbed himself face first into the clay. Ah, yo, stupid, stupid, stupid. Hey, McCluskey, what the hell's going on out there? A bit of a heated exchange between the dugout and the mound now. You've got to let go, signals the coach. Let go, let go, he signals, and we're back. Let it go, screams my comrade as he lifts me up by my belt and urges me away from the crater where just seconds ago my brother stood. Just a few seconds digging through those piles of tattered human flesh and I might have found his dog tags. I take cover with my back against the dunes and already my brother is lost amongst all the other anonymous remnants of humanity left out on the beach to be shuffled and carried away in the rising scarlet tide. I try to wipe my eyes, and there's only more of my brother's blood on my hands. Over the ringing in my ears, I barely make out the words of the sergeant screaming inches from my face.
Joey McCluskey. Remember the name, folks. He'll go down as the worst ball player in history. He's set the all-time record for walks in a game, and I've just got word that his mother has indeed disowned him. His wife, now signaling from the dugout, I am taking the kids and staying at David's. And she's out the southeast exit, accompanied by a mustachioed man who is carrying her infant son. If I were a betting man, I'd say that's the David she'll be staying with. No, it's not looking good at all for the little orphan divorcee, Joey, no last name. As always, I'm PDSD, and I've got to get out of here before the fireworks start. Good work out there, Bubba. You did your best. I like the hustle. Thanks, coach. Oscar, you need to work on your grounders, bud. Thanks you very much, Mr. Coach. Louie. Coach? What the hell were you thinking throwing to second with bases loaded? Come over here. All right, that's enough. You've learned your lesson. Now, Joey. Yes, Coach. Sorry. Yes, Coach. Sorry? Sorry. Pardon? I said I'm sorry, Coach. Oh, you're gonna be sorry. But before you run and give me a switch to beat your naughty bottom with, McCluskey, I need you to do a little something for me. What's that, Coach? Well, since you're completely useless on the field, I'm sending you out into the field. I'm sending you Cuba away. Havana. You're getting on the next ferry from Sheboygan to Muskegon. Then you're hopping on the 5 a.m. bus to Grand Rapids. Where you'll board the first squiggly dotted line flight Grand Rapids Bratislav to Havana. There you're gonna find me your replacement. You find me the best ball player they've got and bring him back to Fond du Lac in time for our next home game in two weeks. Once you've done that, you're gonna get a switch for me to spank you with. Then you'll probably be fired. And uh, if I don't do any of that? Well then you'll definitely be fired. Yes. Well, it seems old Pickpack Rhode Island's annual Boxing Day Funfair Festival is about to be cut short. Will the sheriff eat the witch's poison candied apple? Will Goldie, the lovable retriever, make it to the talent show in time? All good questions. Questions with answers. Answers that are sure to satisfy both you and the question they answer. And... I think I have the answer to what's satisfying. What you do? Why, stolen land cigarettes, of course. Now in cool menthol with special fluoride filters to ensure a white smile and gums and tongue. That's right. Just before I got here, I was on the phone with a real live dentist, and he says fluoride is good for teeth. So strike up America's favorite fluoride minty menthol support our troop cigarette and burn up some stolen land. You know it's good when you see the crying Indian. Thank you, Mommy. Whoops. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, the, the, the witch's evil has spread itself like the roots of a mighty oak across many acres of land. Pickpack is so close to the Apple Festival. I wonder if it will go off without a hitch. Or rather, a witch. Now here, listeners, as we return to the witch's pot astir with hexes and spells, and lest we forget poor little Johnny Little, 
desperately hoping for his besavement before he is carved up and stuffed with a candle like all the other jack-o'-lanterns this All Hallows' Eve. Are we really sure this can be in prime time? This is dark, fellas. Howdy, sport. You've been conked for hours. Must be a real pansy to need that much sleep. Name's Clark Chesterfield, professional extraordinaire. In what? No idea yet, but something. Don't think I'll be here long if you haven't heard the Korean War's hotting up and, well, I'm desperate for a battle. No, this will be my last squiggly dotted line flight Kube way, but what a flight indeed. Just wait till you see who we've got to pick up in Wroclaw, Poland. Sorry, sir. Uh, what am I sitting on? Chicken. People keep mailing chickens. Don't know why, but I'm not in the asking business. You'd think it'd be easier to mail the eggs. Speaking of, are you hungry? I'll cook us up some grub. Take the wheel. It's easy. I assume. Never learned how to fly. Never cared to. But, so you see that down there? That's ground. Don't aim for it. Now, how do you like your eggs? I like mine like I like this airplane. Sunny side up. I sure hope he knows about my shellfish and peanut allergy. Say! Lobsters and peanut oil? Don't mind if I do! All right, here it is. Oh, oh, oh sir, I, I can't. Now you better eat every bite. If I get one look of bad opinion, I get a storm of gloomies that'll have us both headed for the briny deep. But I... No whinging! If you didn't have that first-class stamp on your head, that chicken would be sitting on you, you hear? Now, sleepyhead, what's got you headed cubaways? The mustard-covered flatbreads, the beautiful women, or all those shiny new cars everyone's been buying? Baseball, sir. I suppose that spares any question I had about that jersey. Say, I'm from Jersey. Weehawken. You? Fond de Lake, sir. You know, my father left when I was seven. Eight, maybe. You know, all these years, they melt together. The only thing I ever knew about my father was that he smoked Chesterfields. He was a stoic man. He kept everything to himself, including his name. He was the kind of fellow who'd buy you a puppy just to have you wash the car with it. I asked for a pony, and we ate horse for a week. I asked for a car, and he took a handful of sand and glass and... Uh, uh, say, when are we getting the Kube? He was a brute. Sir, where are we? About that. I did stop for snacks. Snacks which were at my house. I do live in El Paso, so that put us somewhere over the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, okay. Hold on. Fuel light was on before we left. Fuel light is still on, so that means we've got fuel. When that turns off, we're toast. No, no, no. H hang on just a second. The light's still on. It'd be easier if there was some kind of a gauge. It would have E for enough and, and F for... for... More on that later. Now I'm gonna do something I saw in a movie. I've always loved the pictures, you know? That's where I got my whole personality. God knows my father didn't leave me one. No, he just left me a screaming shell. And of course, the loneliness and the unanswerable question of why. Anyway. Mayday, Mayday! Yes, I repeat, this is Captain Clark Chesterfield. We are going down. Repeat, 
We are going down. Cuban Coast Guard. Yes, hello, May Day. We're going down, how are you today? Listen, we've got famed burlesque dancer Boglarka Sakazitz on this plane and we're about to crash into the, uh, the ocean, over. Yes, yes, of course. She's she's sitting right next to me. Our coordinates are, uh... Well, then put her on. Actually, I can't. She, she's asleep. Put her on! I'm a true fan! I know she gets this all the time, but I remember here early work, my grandmother was her biggest fan, and at the time, I, I was the smallest, but now I'm probably uh, somewhere in the middle. <sighs> all right. All right. Hold on, I'll wake her up. What's your name, kid? It's Joey, sir. All right, well, Joey, if you don't want to get devoured by the shark fishes down there in the, the, the uh, water, I suggest you do your very best Baglarka Sack of Sits impression. I would, but my voice is simply, it couldn't come across as feminine in any capacity. All right, go. Yes, hello? What the hell was that, Joey? S sorry, I was going for Hungarian. Uh, Jess, hello, this is actually Desi Arnaz. Hello? Desi Arnaz? Desi Arnaz? You gotta be kidding me. This is the best plane crash ever. Jess, Lucy, I'm home. Uh, this is Desi Arnaz. Uh, now, Doglarka Stimulus is sleeping right now. She, she and I have a big performance tonight and she needs her rest. Our coordinates are uh, 24, 24, 54.9 north. 84, uh, 08, 24.1 west. Did you get that? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, 80, whatever. So tell me, how many times did you and Lucy have to shoot a scene with the conveyor belt? Well, it's an interesting story, actually. <coughs> I, I mean, I, I wasn't on set that day. I, anyways, we're crashing. I, I'll see you when we get there, but you better hurry. I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> okay, bye. Unbelievable! Desi Arnaz! Is that you? No, it's Joey. You're quick on your feet, kid. I'll give you that. If you weren't so obviously ugly and tiny and weak, I might owe you something. Thanks, so... Not too bad, eh? And now, Desi, is it true that Ethel didn't get along with Fred? I heard... No way, man. You know Desi Arnaz. No, he is. Look at how wet and shiny his hair is. And that is that a bongo? He plays the conga. Have fun at swimming. Fidel, put your camera away. We got tricked again. Don't look so upset. I, s I swear, it sounded just like him over the radio. Well, kid. It looks like we're swimming. Uh, now is as good a time to learn as any, I guess. Maybe some of my natural talent will rub off on you, but don't touch me. 
Anyway, I'll have plenty of time to tell you about my dad. <sighs> the year was 1929. Wall Street was belly up, and I was belly down over a knee. And then I picked you and all those chickens up at the terminal. I guess that's the full story. Do you feel uh, any better telling me all that? Nope. As a matter of fact, I've forgotten everything up to us waiting on this beach. Now, who are you and why are we here? Joey McCluskey. I'm a talent scout for a Triple B baseball affiliate. Talent? Scout? Baseball? What am I, some kind of mind reader? Spell it out for me. Well, I've got to find the best player in K-Bay. So, it's you and me on a multi-year mission to visit every diamond in Kilbasa on a quest for the diamond in the diamond. We've got two weeks. No, no, that's not nearly enough time. Uh, listen, man, this is all the time I've got. Wait, remember that amazingly brilliant thing I said earlier? That you realize that in many ways your own lack of self-knowledge is similar to the lack of knowledge you have about your father and that maybe... No, not that. But damn if I'm not the finest psychologist Clark University ever produced. I meant when I said mind reader. Yeah, it wasn't actually... Well, I said it because of that beachside attraction over Yon Ways. And notice I said Yon, because you're boring me, McCluskey. Sets cats his psychic reading? I've got good eyes, too. Now let's go over there and see if this lady probably knows any good ball players. Uh, we could also try and, you know, actually go to a game. After my idea. We're here for a mind reading. No, you are here to find ball player. How in the world? Oh, right. There are many good players on this island paradise, many who possess the skill to win, accrue many victories in America, but only one has the key to true victory. Four is the number of his first name, uh, Scottish is his last, hi diddle diddle, riddle riddle riddle, diddle diddle dum, Cuba is known for rum. Good Christ, Moccasin! McCluskey! Whatever! She means me, Clark Chesterfield, the world's greatest basketball player! Baseball. That too, probably! You it is not. Plot rhymes with not. Please, man, we need to know who it is. I've only got two weeks, and I, I was really banking on this being super easy. My eyes see two, but only one player of ball. There is an ice machine down the hall. These damn riddles. Me? Mikloski Schmikloski. Another word for large is husky. It is you who will win the game, but fiddle-dee, fiddle-dee-dum. Talk normal or I'll murder you right here. Okay, here's a magic box of cigars that will never run out. If you smoke one before a game, you'll win no matter what. Anyone you give them to will have the same powers, but... Yeah, yeah, cool. We get how much, we buy, we buy, American Dollarino! Ah, money is not the price you will pay, for it is in I'll, I'll pay you whatever you want. All I've dreamed of is being a good ball player. Moron, that's not how you negotiate. I'll give you five bucks in this old bottle cap. It is not currency that will... Playing the hard game, eh? Fine. I'm happy to walk out with nothing. No, we're not. I need them cigars, please. You are motivated by the idea of victory. I am motivated by... Well, personally, 
I'm motivated by this fist. All right, kid, grab the cigars and that Mexican hat and let's skedaddle. Diet. Okay, yeah, okay. All right. Now, how do we get home? Ah, okay. You saw the plane smack into the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the big water? Ocean? It's, it's not here. It's, it's in the, it's in the salty seltzer. Well, I don't know. I've never been to Cabo before. Think, Chesterfield. Think. What would David Endicott Putnam do? Who? Don't be a Von Hentelman. I say we just take a plane. From where? Okay, so we steal a car and then a plane. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, taxi? Boom. Perfect. Okay, well it all went exactly according to the plan. No need to even talk about it. You know, I had my doubts, but what a getaway. I, I mean, you stole a car, a plane, and then the amazing feat of jumping plane to plane to throw off the air marshals. Yep, I'm pretty great. Anyway, we should be touching down in Milwaukee soon. And I'm glad we were able to sit in near total silence for the entire trip until this very moment. At least I got to say everything that happened as if it just did, even though it took place hours ago. And look at that, we landed. Didn't even notice. Now, about these magic cigars. Yeah. I hope they actually work. Maybe we should have tested it out. No need. They work. Did you see how interesting that woman looked? I guess you're right. You don't see something like that every day. I could barely believe my eyes. At the very least, they'll be a good motivator to work hard and play well. Yeah. Motivate you to be a better person, eh? Sir, I see these cigars in the magic box they're in. Is my last chance to be as great as I know I can be. So... You're motivated by greatness. <laughs> oh, it's kind of childish, I know, but... but yeah, I am. Motivated by the idea of the great ball players that came before me, Well, like... personally, I'm motivated by this... Clark, really? Fist! Now to just steal this box and do something else. Just have to dump out the cigars. Sure is a lot of cigars. This box really is magic. It'll make me better at something. Well, it looks cool enough to put on the shelf above my bed at the Y anyway. Chesterfield out. There you have it. The final remnants of a fearful, frightful, fitful frown ripped from the face and thrown into a damnable brew. The McAllister boys really must be frightened now. I wonder if they regret opening that little detective agency of theirs. Perhaps it's easy to solve the case of the missing locket, but do they really think they can solve the case of who killed Tommy Smurl? Perhaps their innocence may protect him from the evil of the witch's magic, but I very much doubt it. Soon the devil's clock will strike midnight, and Pickpack will be trapped forever, sealed into the Necronomicon, and forever at the mercy of Grunhilda, the Witch of the East Wind. Hey! 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 Wake up! Come on! Wake up! I think you're gonna have to backhand him, sir. Listen, I'll administer a forehand. Clearly he's experienced some sort of serious head trauma. Well, we should just drag him through an alleyway or stoop or something and let him sleep it off. Nope. Just gonna smack him. And if that doesn't work, we're gonna splash some water on him and tickle his ribs. So be ready with this bucket of water and a feather. Whatever you say, paramedic one. Here goes. 
<laughs> what? Hold that water. <laughs> Clark, you son of a gun. Call me a son of a gun, will ya? This'll teach ya. Yeah. Oh yeah, get him. Oh, I've never felt so hopeless. You're the people that are supposed to save me. Well, after I got harassed by those paramedics, I headed down to the local playground to get in some practice. I was in luck, because there were a bunch of kids gathered around to play stickball. Well, I was all scared, because I was pretty sure a couple of them were over 12. Well, I struck up a cigar right in front of them and huffed and puffed as big and as long as I could. I vomited on a smaller one and a big kid said I looked stupid. Oh, well, well, I didn't like that one bit. I swung my bat and his hat went clean off and it landed right in the catcher's mitt. And his body flew clean over the fence. And then the other kids got all angry and started coming after me. But for some reason, I, I wasn't scared no more. I batted kid after kid. Each one of them connected perfectly and shot high and straight. Then there were some other kids in the distance, and I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty heated at this point. So I grabbed some rocks and threw some heaters. Every toss was true. 40 or 56 to 7 year old kids were knocked from the jungle gym. Now I wasn't proud of what I did, but I knew those cigars worked. Now all I had to do was somehow make it back into the locker room of the hummingbirds without Coach Olenoski seeing me. I swear if I see that Putz McCluskey again, I'm gonna bat his bottom raw. Hey, Coach. He gets. Is that who I think it is? Let me just turn around. Now, hang on. I can't see a thing without my cheaters. And nope, I don't recognize you at all. Uh, I'm the Cuban ball player. Uh, the one you sent Joey Hanson McCluskey to go and find and get? Oh. Joey, everyone's friend, McCluskey. Nope, don't ring a bell. Do you by any chance mean just Joey McCluskey, the only guy not good enough to earn a nickname? Sure, I, I, I don't care about his reputation at all. I'm just a Cuban guy who looks nothing at all like Joey McCluskey. What's your name, my Cuban friend? Joe Jose McCluskey. Jose Jose McCluskey. McCluskey from Cuba. Whereabouts? Sheboygan. Sheboygan, Cuba? Yeah, it's near Las Tunas. Oh, okay. Well, take this stick and get to work. Also, you'll be mopping the diamond after the games. Oh, and you need a nickname. Something short and cute and effective. Uh, McCluskey. McCluskey, done. All right, I'm going home to eat a steak and not speak to my wife. Okay, sir. Or rather, senor. Spanish. You gotta love it. Bubba. Hey, Bubba. McCluskey? But you were supposed to bring back a Cuban player and never show your face again. Yeah, but plans change, Bubba. You took your spanking like a man and have been welcomed back into the fold. No, Bubba, I don't think there's gonna be any more spanking. But Coach says if we don't play good, he's gonna bounce our little bum-bums. Bubba, Bubba, Bubba. I know the rules, but just gather the whole team and I'll let you all in on the new deal. Even the mascot? Uh, no, and, and Bubba, it's not a real hummingbird. It's an old homeless guy. Haven't you ever noticed none of the feathers match? And also, they're all pillow feathers. And then he only showed up after the homeless truck crashed into the pillow factory. Boys, boys, boys. All right now, settle down, everybody. I got some news. 
Oh, what? You went to little girl camp for small children and have come back a better player? I am saying this because you're no good, and I am explaining because also you're stupid. I am better. Why, I'm the best damn player in this locker room, or any locker room for that matter. <gasps> and it's all thanks to these here cigars. You smoke one, and you'll play better than anybody. Even someone who smoked a cigar? Oh, uh, well, I don't know about that, it's just... So if we smoke them, and you smoke them, you'll still be very much worse than we are. No, no, it doesn't work like that, it's, it's, it's like this. So, we shouldn't ever practice? Well, no, I mean, discipline is important, it's just that uh, with, with these cigars... Hey, fellas, and no more of practice. <laughs> And it's a win for the hummingbirds in Fond du Lac. And it's a win for the hummingbirds in Fond du Lac. And it's a win for the hummingbirds in Fond du Lac. Hey, the hummingbirds are winning over here. In a historic first, the hummingbirds beat both the Cubs and the White Sox. The hummingbirds have beaten the Moscow workers. leaving seven dead. In other news, the Fond du Lac Hummingbirds have won yet again against the People's Liberation Army. More on that at 11. Smoke up, boys. You've earned it. Now, I don't know what's changed about this team or why we've been allowed to play so many major league teams and even internationally, but none of that matters. All that matters is you're a bunch of winners. Thanks, coach. Shut up, I'm talking. Now, as it sits, we have four to seven games left in the season. This is because all games are determined by a best of seven, the way God intended. You all understand what I'm talking about, right? The World Series. Shut up, I'm still talking. New rule. Every question I ask, no matter how pointed or direct, is rhetorical. Now, are there any questions about the legally distinct from any event World Series we are going to play? Good. As I thought, now go do whatever it is you do while I watch 8mm film in my office. Okay, break. Hey, McCluskey, you got any more smokes? That was my last cigar. Uh, sure. Uh, okay. One second, I'm... Oh, it, it looks like there's only four left. Four? But that's fewer than four times the number of players that are on average on a baseball team, meaning that there's only enough for one player to play all four games, or instead four players to play one game. Or 16 players to play one quarter of a game, which comes out to 2.25 innings. Which, given the fact that the rules of baseball divide innings by number of outs, means it means... There aren't enough if he's not being clear. No, he's being clear. I just don't know what to do. Well, Joey, you're the one who got the cigars and made us all good. Maybe you should be the one to play the four games. What, me? Me? Joey... Joey no-name McCluskey? What? No. Joey Stogie McCluskey, the best ball player to ever use a performance-enhancing drug. Three cheers for Stogie McCluskey. Stogie! 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 A nickname! You've earned 
defend it. Now go out there and win us a game. Papa, it's out for another two weeks. Oh, okay. Let's just stand around, I guess. Well, maybe if we all get in some good practice, we could all play. But you said we no longer had to be of practice. Uh, well, no, I... McCluskey stinks. Take away his nickname. Bubba, but you're, you're the one who gave Redacted! it. Redacted! Redacted! Oh. Despite what everyone else on the team said, I thought it was a good idea to practice. And I practiced my little heart out. Unfortunately, without the cigars, I was still terrible. I throw the ball from the mound and barely reach the grass. I try to hit the ball off a tee and just smack some other letter, Z most commonly anyway. As the days went on, more and more of the guys stopped coming to practice. They were all getting sick or something. About a week after the last cigar, just about every guy but me was laid up in a hospital. I decided to head down and check in on them. Hey guys! <coughs> Keesh! Hey Doc, what's going on here? Well, medically speaking, this is one of two things. Voodoo-induced COPD or magically-induced lung cancer. Well, what causes that? Well, it's fairly common. Lots of negative chakras floating around out there these days. It could have been anything from a cursed monkey's paw to a cloud made of the vapor from a witch's cauldron to even a totem or device used to transmit power from the other side to our mortal plane such as an enhanced talisman, or perhaps, uh... Magic cigars that make you better at baseball? No, don't be stupid. There's no such thing. If it weren't for you loonies running around spreading a bunch of nonsense, my job would be a lot easier. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to administer some purple quartz and lay a salt circle for the hemorrhagic patient in the next room. Good day. Well, fellas, I don't like the sound of any of this. Don't worry, Joey. It's completely your fault. But please don't feel bad. It could have happened to anybody. Yeah, but I can't help but feel in some way entirely responsible for the untimely death of nearly every person I know in love. I understand, but there's more to life than friends and the construction of a family dynamic among a group of like-minded, similarly adverse individuals. Yeah? Yeah, there's winning the not similar at all in any way to other World Series events World Series, and you can do it. Oh, you're right. And heck with your fellas on my mind and the love I know we all share in my heart. I bet you I could win even without the cigars. No, for the love of God, I am dying a slow, painful death because of you and those cigars. You will use them, and you better believe you're going to win. But- Loose lips, Martinez, and shrimpy dialogue, Morowski, Pesh this morning. We're down to the last two bunks of players. I swear, McCluskey, if they end up bringing in their regular hospital bed, and you don't win, I'm going to change your name to Ymir. Well, because I'll become the foundation of your new belief system? Because I'm going to sail through a river of your blood like the Jotun of old. Oh, jeez. Well, folks, evidently we're at Game 4 of the World Series. This is PDSD saying, I have no memory of the previous three games, nor any recollection of my own wife's face. The only thing in this world I'm certain of is the delicious taste of parking lot waffles. That's right, folks, it's not a ball game unless you lose a tooth in a delicious, nutritious parking lot waffle made with real tar. Somehow, the hummingbirds have pulled through the last three games, fielding only a single player. Joey, please call me Stogie McCluskey. Somehow, this doe-eyed, doe-faced, knuckle-dragging imbecile has managed to beat the entirety of the Toluca Lake Mothers in three games. 
I tell you folks, what he lacks in hygiene, he more than makes up for in his ability to play an unconventional game of baseball. Now we interrupt my stream of consciousness for the national anthem. Come on, McCluskey. Just nine more innings and you're good. All right, and that was a splendid rendition. Now the umpire will invoke the muse Calliope. All right, Cigar, do your stuff. Now the rabbi will sacrifice a goat and we will hear the sound of the shofar. Wow, you really can't capture memories like that on anything other than soundless, grainy film forced at high speeds through a mechanical projector. Hey, where did everybody go? Coming to the mound now, McCluskey will be throwing the first pitch any moment. Pitch, by the way, is not a synonym for tar, which our sponsor would like me to point out. And look at that, a strike! A fine start to this, the fourth game of the World Series. And good lord, would you look at that? Another two strikes as I was speaking. What's this? Yes, that's two more outs as I was speaking that last sentence. Why, McCluskey's throwing so fast, you'd think he was trying to wrap up a long-running story. We're beginning the second inning now, and McCluskey has struck it out of the park. How about that? The hummingbird's on the scoreboard. One run to nothing. And with that, the inning is over, as in order to proceed, the hummingbirds would need at least one more player on the bench. So it looks like we're into the third inning, and McCluskey again takes the mound. Boy, is he looking green. Perhaps he should lay off the cigars and instead pick up a pack of ballpark cigarettes, the only cigarette guaranteed to make you a ball player and bring your parents back together. And ladies and gentlemen, as I was reading that bit of ad copy, McCluskey once again completed a perfect inning. As the team switched sides in disgrace, we seem to be in for what is sure to be the shortest game in baseball history. The Toluca Lake mothers once again take them out and what's this? It appears they have a new player, several in fact. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it appears the entirety of the outfield of the Mothers has been replaced by Customs Enforcement's agents. They're closing in now. McCluskey looks pretty scared. Evidently, the Customs agents are in fact infielders. An odd choice by the coach, but what do I know? I'm just a guy who had the keys to the announcer's booth. McCluskey is attempting to flee. He's not doing well. No, no. He's not going to be able to make it over that fence. And he's in cuffs. They're really kicking him now. He's weeping like a little girl. And they're carting him away. With that, the Toluca Lake Mothers have won the World Series. I guess if I were to give this game a moral, it would be simply that crime doesn't pay. This is PTSD saying, I can't stop my teeth from picking up signals from outer space. We're all doomed. Well, dear listeners, it would seem that all that was needed to stop the witch was the love of a boy and his dog. But just as the pilgrims of old believed they too had stopped the witch, it shall never be clear if the town of Pickpack will ever truly be free of her devilish grasp. The scary thing about happy endings, listeners, is that they make you forget all the fear you held in your heart. They lead you down an avenue of quiet satisfaction. As you walk blindly, you don't mind that your feet seem to be walking out of rhythm. Until, of course, it's too late, and you realize you're not on an avenue of paradise at all, but rather stumbling drunkenly deeper into the slanted hallway. Tune in next week, when I suppose I'll have to let that stupid baseball story go on the air. Unless, of course, I can think of something better. Well, I think that was our best show yet. No way in hell I'm letting you fools run that baseball story.